Welcome to Blind Love Radio. I'm your host, Anna Rosen. Enjoy these heartfelt conversations having to do with creativity, transformation, and the divine. Welcome back to Blind Love Radio. This is episode two. Today I am talking with Jubilee of many.myth.astrology on Instagram. You can find her. She is an amazing poet and creative and we have a great conversation about everything related to creativity, astrology, emotions. She reads this beautiful poem about the Queen of Cups. We talk about the rich symbolism of lotuses and the synchronicities around that. And I can't wait for everyone to listen to this episode. I'm recording this on December 30th, right before New Year's Eve and the New Year, and then my birthday on January 2nd. I'm really excited to be in Capricorn season. Both me and Jubilee both have very heavy influences of Capricorn in our chart which we talk about, and I'm really excited for you guys to listen. Let me know what you think. Show us some love. This is Blind Love Radio. I'm your host, Anna Rosen, and everybody have an amazing 2019. I encourage you not to pressure yourself with bullshit goals that you don't really need to do and maybe pick something that's really kind to yourself. Maybe just pick a word that resonates with you. I think my word this year is going to be receive. So I hope you enjoy this episode. Enjoy the new year. Be safe. I'm gonna fill my new year with cooking lots of good food, getting my Italian on, and making meatballs and chicken cutlets, and I'm gonna bake these amazing brownies that I have my eye on, and of course smoking a lot of weed because you gotta enjoy your life. Further ado, here is my beautiful conversation with Jubilee. So grateful that I got a chance to talk with her. She is such a beautiful person and has so much wisdom to share with everyone. So enjoy. Have a beautiful 2019 or start to 2019 rather. And that's it. See you on the other side. Peace. about all of your creative pursuits too oh yeah creativity so do you have an idea of like is there any common thread in your podcast or like well I I did like a spread just to like see what I could deliver like in the highest and best 
and it was like, death card. <laughs> and I was like, okay. <laughs> so I feel like, like, Scorpio shit, like, transforming, and I feel like the link between creativity and transformation so, like, sometimes something has to leave, and I feel like that ties in so beautifully with your idea about, like, creativity and it being in conversation with creativity, because you can never really, like, hold on to what something was last week. It's like, you have to be right here, and, like, how the process of, like, evolution and... Um, I don't know, whatever comes up for you. And then I had also gotten, like, things about... Um, just, like, feelings, like, how you feel about things, how you feel about what you create, and I had gotten, um, both the King and Queen of Cups, so I feel like whatever you're feeling, whatever, like, you do to, like, go within to express what you're feeling within, I don't know, like, how your creations like, link up with your emotions, too, because I really feel that, um, but I'd love to hear what you think about any of that. Oh, I love all of those things. I have so many thoughts. Um, I want to tell you real quick what's really cool about the fact that you talked to me and then started painting lotuses, Uh not just lotuses, but lotuses in, like, black ink, is that my grandma, like, the grandma that inspired me to be an artist and whose style I'm always trying to like find a balance between her and me painted lotuses constantly and we painted lotuses on her coffin wow shut up oh my god (laughs) and like Concept for any tattoo I've ever thought to get to commemorate her is a lotus. Oh, and I love that. You should. Your style is so close to what she does. Too. That's so, so cool. And I was like, how do I even function? Wow. Oh my God, you totally inspired it. So, Jubilee gave me and my husband this beautiful astrology reading, and we had talked about how, what was it? Was it my midheaven? Was Virgo, but then also, you explain it, because you're the pro. Yeah, so were we talking about your guys' chart at that point? I think so. Like the combined chart. Mm Mm-hmm, yeah, so we did a... composite chart and a composite chart takes the like mathematical middle of two charts to see where you guys meet and um for Anna and her husband they have a Pisces um roots their IC is in Pisces and then their midheaven is in Virgo and Anna stopped me and was like, what, what does that even mean? <laughs> and so the mental image that came to mind for me was like, okay, so you have your roots in water. You have your roots in this, like, deep, creative, sensitive sign. And then you're emerging in this, like, um, purified <laughs> form of, like, meticulous creation and um, a lotus, right? Because they, 
that grow in water and mud and then the flowers themselves like just everything slides off them and they remain pristine within this environment of like messiness and Mm, I love that (laughs) oh that's so beautiful I don't know that totally stuck with me and I really relate to it and I feel like that's such like a beautiful part of our relationship and how we work together um, and I didn't know what I was going to do for these drawings, and I realized it would have been way too much to come up with, like, a different drawing for each person when it was that big of a group, and, like, I drew one lotus, because I just had that, like, idea fresh in my mind, and then I just kept going, and it turned into this, like, beautiful, um, just, like, I felt like it was a paper garden, It was so cool what it, like, turned into, and it was totally, like, it felt like a collective energy. I was making it for this yoga community, and I just love, like, all the little synchronicities with it are so cool, and it felt so dreamy but rooted, and, like, it had this idea of, like, change, too, when I thought about it. Like, the lotus is never it's never like frozen in time it's like this thing that's growing and evolving and like when you think it's like over it's like no it's just in the mud and it's like budding up to this like beautiful thing oh my god you give me such good inspiration talk about transformation yeah the mud and muck yes into one of our kind of symbols of peace and tranquility and uh, Thich Nhat Hanh says, no mud, no lotus. Yeah, so what did your grandma love about them? Oh, I don't, I don't know that I've ever asked her to articulate it. Like, it was just something on repeat for her that was ever present my whole life. Like, I have art of hers all over the house, and at least three pieces that I have are different incarnations and different phases of lotuses because she went through kind of the typical progression of artists like so tried realism and then moving into impressionism and then by the end of her life she did these really amazing abstract uh pieces and the final things that she did were these sculptures that were meant to be temporary so they were just these almost ephemeral collection of like paper and wire and string that had a life of their own. And so if we're talking about creativity, I feel like I'm, I'm, I'm a Libra rising. So balance is and relationship between things and is so important to me. And with creativity, I've figured out that the place of tension, like the place that is home for me in creativity is, this place between the beautiful and the intentional Mm. and the spontaneous and kind of out of my control has a life of its own art. And so she could just splatter things and that was, that was art. And she could just pull back and be like, Oh, it's done. I love that. (laughs) I have too much of like a part of me that also needs to, have more intentionality than that so it's this it's this 
point of tension, but it's this point of aliveness that if I can get it, then I love what's created. And if I'm on one side too far or the other, I just sit there feeling displeased, like, oh no, I haven't found the point of balance and I've strayed too far somehow. I love that she, like, had this, it was almost like the lotus was the root of it, and then, like, how it was expressed was, like, a different way in, like, as she progressed, which Mm -hmm. is so neat, and I love that idea because I feel like I get, like, trail markers. Have you ever heard that idea? Where, like, you have, I'll have, like, a symbol for, like, a phase in my life, and it'll kind of, like, evolve, Um, and it'll keep showing, but I feel like that same idea, like, it's, it's the same message of spirit, it's just coming through in a different, um, like a different symbol every, like, kind of season, I guess, and I think that's really cool, but I loved that hers was, like, the same symbol, but it would come through in different ways. Mm-hmm. Or yeah. like expressed in different ways, which is so cool. Yeah, and I imagine it might even be the first thing that she would try in a new style. You know, yeah, like it, was, it was her. Um, I don't know. Is there a word for the thing that you cast first, like the light you cast ahead into unfamiliar ter- territory? Because I really think that was the lotus for her, and then we painted it on her coffin, so that was like the last kind of. Yeah, it makes me think of, like, the aces, like, the light. It's, like, that spark. Mm-hmm. hmm Yeah. Just follow the, follow the lotus through all the aces. Yeah. Ooh, I love that, like, bringing a little part of yourself into the light, or into the darkness. Mm-hmm. Like, because every new phase is, like, something new and something scary, or, like, you have that, like, moon vibes the moon card, and then it's, like, going into it, but, like, I don't know, that little, like, symbol is, like, shining out of you to, like, guide your way. Yeah. That's cool. I love that. And it's, like, your art is evolving with you as you evolve, Mm -hmm. which Mm -hmm. is really neat. Yeah. Yeah, she would definitely, like, a person intentionally making space for evolution because she didn't really start painting until after my grandpa died in her 70s and she kept dancing until her 90s and she picked up just so many things along the way and was so fearless in them every time so or at least it appeared fearless I guess we always look a little braver from the outside than we feel. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, definitely. <laughs> so what yeah. were her signs? Do you know what sign she was? I actually don't have any of her astrology. I have the astrology from my um, my mother's parents, but mm-hmm. I don't have my father's parents because he's not as good at paperwork. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but I will... I'll have to figure it out. I think I can probably figure it out via, like, a genealogy site if mm-hmm. I can find her first certificate. Yeah, that would be cool. It would be such a treasure trove. Yeah. So tell me about how you like to create and what that looks like for you. Yeah. Oh, well, 
I can take you a little further back on this journey to how I've gotten to how I create. Um, so my entire family is artists. My dad's a potter and my mom is a, does like metal and glass mosaic. And my aunt on my my aunts on my mom's side are jewelers and do dry flower arrangements. And her brother is a painter. And then on my dad's side, we have painters and weavers. And um, my grandma was a, mostly a painter. But and then my mother's parents were also artists. They were my grandma did beautiful metalwork of all varieties and actually designed like plain pieces during during the war when women came into the factories because mm-hmm. all the men were gone. And so so it's this huge legacy. And most of them make their living by being artists. So I was the odd one out when I decided to be a mental health counselor instead of an artist. And I think a big part of that was continuously comparing myself to my three sisters. And my sisters are a fair bit spread out. So my next oldest sister is six years older than me, and the one above that is 11 years older than me. Mm -hmm. So any comparison was always, like, leagues apart just in terms of age. And I think I got discouraged really early. Because I had this letter from my brother. He passed away when I was seven. And I apparently refused to send a piece of, like, something I had drawn him. Because I had decided it wasn't good enough. And he wrote in it and was like, stop being so hard on yourself. What I really is beautiful. And that was at, like, six. So I think I started comparing pretty early. And when I hit grad school... I started to really assess why it was that I felt like there wasn't enough space for us all to make art. And I I went to try and learn painting, and I was telling the instructor, the would-be instructor, that my whole family was artists, and therefore it was, it was tender for me to, like, move into trying. And he was like, is it anybody we've heard of? <laughs> no? Then don't worry about it. <laughs> I was like, I don't think it's quite that simple. <laughs> and so I did the artist's way all through grad school. That was my, like, parallel. Because I'm learning all of these theories and techniques. It was my self-exploration. And just getting to a point where I could call myself an artist mm-hmm. and not feel like somebody was going to take it away from me, mm-hmm. you know, to, like, say it and not feel like, somebody was going to present a well-formed case as to why I didn't deserve to be called that or not believe it for some reason. That was a huge healing. Um, And it really came from just writing every day and really asking myself the questions of why and um, how and I solve most things by writing. Like if I can sit down and write it, I can probably, I can probably find my way free. But I have to make myself sit down and write, and it can be really scary to ask those kind of questions. So, okay, 
artist way. Long story, gets long. But <laughs> Hold on, know. wait. I feel like that's so cool that you're a mental you're a mental health counselor now. Mm -hmm. Wow. Okay, so I didn't know that, and I love that. I was wondering like what you do. And that is, I feel like that fits you so well. I love that. And I feel like that's like such a cool way. You said you were a Libra rising. Like that's a great way to create through relationships. Yeah. yeah. Which is You're like, right. just like a whole other manifestation of this creative energy. And what a beautiful gift you can give people. Wow. <laughs> all of that outpouring of support for her. <laughs> um, yeah, I've been a, I graduated about five years ago. Then mm -hmm. I'm a registered intern technically, but I've been in private practice since I graduated. And I really, really love it. And yes, definitely it is a, an aspect of creativity and collaborative re-storytelling and it's, it's a really beautiful space, and I feel so honored to get to do it. I honestly sit in that chair sometimes, and I'm like, this is just wild. <laughs> like, it's wild that people find their way here, and they mm -hmm. stay here, and they're willing to let me hold what is most tender and least formed, and it's such a privilege that I work really hard to bring in that Libra, right? Bring in that, how do you be in right relationship to the trust that people give you by opening up their inner world and allowing you to have any kind of ability to even point in a direction in it. Like, that's wild and so cool. So, um, I loved in Lindsay Mack's class, that she talked about how, or somebody had mentioned how the Empress was a great, like, space holder for other people, and how just thinking about the Empress is tied to creativity and creation, and I had never put the two together with somebody else being able to give you the gift of being able to receive yourself just by holding space. So it's like allowing other people to create. It's like not only are you allowing yourself to create. Oh, I feel like I just got like goosebumps. Like just the beauty of like helping somebody in creation is so cool. Yeah. And I think it's a lot of Queen of Cups too. Yeah. Mm -hmm. It was interesting that you pulled Queen of Cups because she's definitely my... Um, when I very first pulled out a tarot deck, my little sister was like, okay, pull cards that, um, pull cards that you're drawn to. And I pulled out the Queen of Cups and the Empress and the Three of Cups. Oh, I love all of those cards. <laughs> um, and I think that's where I was at at that moment. And I think I moved a lot more towards like trying to incorporate queen of wands energy she comes up a lot for me and um do you have a lot of fire in your chart you know what's really funny is i have very little fire me too fire. <laughs> <laughs> little fire. 
My midheaven is in Leo. Me too! Yay! Ah, I totally, that's like my only fire though, really. Um, my other fire is that I have Mars and Aries, but it's on my descendant. And we were talking about that descendant is that line that is the cusp of the seventh house. And so the seventh house is your relationship house. Uh-huh. And having Mars there for me at least, means that I, because I have Libra on the opposite side on my rising, and then I have Mars directly across from it. And so for me, in relationship, I actually really have to hold on to my individuality and have to be able to Mm. self-define. And I, it's the only place I get really rebellious, but if anybody tells me who I am, I just set fire to the whole damn thing. (laughs) (laughs) And it will be really benign. (laughs) I'll show you who I am. (laughs) Oh, where is it going? It is just like a fiery rampage that I watch take off onto the sunset and I'm like, oh, you see? Yes, that's what we're, that's what we're getting upset about now. Okay. Let's go do that. So... That's my only fire, but Lord, that's funny. It's not a button anybody wants to push. Oh, I like that. Yeah, so have to have to own my queen of wands. Yeah. So how are you like working with her, or how does she show up for you? I feel her when I dance. Ooh. I really love to dance and. Dance feels like a place that I've never hurt anybody and nobody's ever hurt me. And their enthusiasm can can have as much space as it needs and there's no way to be too much because there's enough room. And so dance is definitely like, yeah, dance. <laughs> I feel like it's that, like, Leo midheaven where you're trying to, at least for me, it shows up like I'm allowing myself to create and take up space. Almost like a mix of, like, the strength card with Leo and then that emperor vibe where, like, I am allowed to create. And just, like, feeling worthy of creating and, like, I have something beautiful to create. And even if it's not, because I have very similar, um, not very similar family structure. Like, both my parents were teachers, but my mom was very creative. But my sister was really the artist in the family. And she's eight years older than me. And so I was a lot younger, and I really looked up to her. And she went to this accelerated art program in high school, and she just had this... It just came so naturally to her, painting, and she would do these amazing, big-scaled drawings and paintings, and I was just like a little kid and in awe, like it, it was total magic, and I really was like, I always acted like her little apprentice, and like she was always my guide and like teaching me how to draw, and I remember sitting down as a little kid and she would like, she was showing me how to like, like look at the candle. Like you're not looking at, like I was drawing a candle, which is funny that I've been making candles today. Also, just come up. But 
like just like really looking at what you're doing and not paying attention to like how it's coming out and I feel like that was such like a beautiful way of like allowing like almost it feels like channeling like you're channeling a spirit for you to create this thing like I feel like it's allowing yourself to get out of the way where you're not thinking about what you're doing. You're just letting it like flow through you. And I feel like I've, I've been getting like the King of Wands a lot and the Queen of Wands, just like really allowing myself to like step into that and really trusting that. Cause she was always better than me at it. Like she was so naturally good, but she ended up going to um, an art college and getting a degree in painting. And then she, you know, decided she wasn't really into that anymore and it wasn't where her heart is. And she went back to school and got a degree in architecture, which is amazing. And she loves it. But it just, I, it kills me that I'm like, why don't you really paint anymore? And she's like, I just don't love it. Like, ugh, art, whatever. And I'm like, are you kidding? Like, you're so good. Like, what? I feel like, and for me, it's like, I feel like I have half of the skill she does. But I, I realize that, like, I have to. Like, my heart is like, you must do this. Like, there is no choice or else I feel like the energy gets, like, pent up in me and then it just manifests in, like, disease. Like, that idea where it's just, like, there's no choice. Like, I just don't get it. But I totally, like, see that, like, comparing yourself and not thinking that you're worthy and I'm really, like, coming into that where, like, I have something beautiful to offer and it's just really like the more I do it and the more I allow myself to create, I feel like the more I'm expanding and just being able to like be in people's lives and like, like to even touch on something so personal as a connection with somebody's grandma, like a lotus, like drawing a lotus like that is so beautiful. Like, what an honor to be a part of, like, somebody's life like that and just, like, little moments of, like, being able to, just like you said, like, we were talking about holding space for other people's creativity. Like, to be able to create my own thing and then to have it, like, ripple out and help other people and, like, have them take that and, like, make waves on their own. It's just like so cool. Oh, it's so beautiful. And watching it happen, like I can feel the vitality behind what you're doing just through the screen. Oh, thank <laughs> I you. you. I look at your post and I'm like, ah. oh my God, look at this. Like, look, look at this expression of life that you have, have allowed come to come into being right yeah you're saying that it builds up and that allowing that is such grace to uh -huh. to not only receive it but then let it have form yes mm-hmm that's big with my astrology I have figured out with the Pisces moon and then the Capricorn so you are also a Capricorn so do you feel like that 
Um, cause you're channeling more of air into earth almost, where I'm kind of moving like the water into the earth. Right. Yeah. So I, my most consistent relationship, like channel for creativity is writing. I write every day Ooh. and, um, yeah, I, I just fill up composition book after composition book. And um, and then other things move in and out. Like, I'm mm-hmm. a potter, and I have a wheel upstairs, and I really love that connection to earth. And I, um, I also paint, and I'm a knitter, and I... What else do I do? all the things but one of the things I had to allow myself to do because I'm a Gemini moon is to follow my curiosity between things Mm -hmm. instead of feeling as though my Capricorn would lead me to believe that I have to be doing something all the time to be committed to it Mm -hmm. um And I am committed to being part of the conversation. If I receive an idea, I I really try to honor that idea, whether I have any idea how to do that, whether I can visualize it or have a clue where it's going. If I get an idea, I try to honor that so that the next idea can come in. Because I really do find that if an idea strikes me and I don't listen or I don't attend to it, then I don't really get a whole lot of other ideas because that's mm. that's the next in line. And that may be my, my Capricorn aligning my air a bit. I don't scatter a ton, but I do find interest in many places. And so whenever it comes up, for instance, just I decided that I wanted to write poetry specifically about the planets and I've learned I've been learning the science of the planets and combining those into poetry and combining that with these tiny circles I got the urge to make the planet that paint the planets as and it all came together in this project that's my my current Instagram and and I had no idea where these circles were going or where these poems were meant to be but I get the idea and it and it wants to have form and so I do my best to honor that that it's there and wants life and so I love that yeah we were talking about my air yeah the writing Mm -hmm. okay it did answer the question yeah so do you mostly like to write poetry yeah I've never really which I, I write prose and I write poetry and I'm not drawn so much to narratives or settings. I am just a fierce lover and observer of what it means to be human and Ooh, so- I love that. <laughs> Good line. <laughs> It's interesting because I have a poem about the Queen of Cups, and when you mentioned it, I was like, "Oh, that's right beside me." Oh, you should read it yeah. if you I want to. Read it. Yes. 
<laughs> no pressure. I mentioned it, and then be like, but <laughs> it's there. You can imagine what it would look like. <laughs> so, um, what's interesting is actually that my north node is Pisces, and it's in the fifth house of creativity. Very cool. And so I think those varying depths of sensitivity and allowing art to matter and claiming mm-hmm. it and loving it, you know, like I am an artist. Oh, and I love poetry and I love all these different facets of what it means to make art is like a deeply sensitive kind of uncomfortable thing, but it's the place that I'm like always angling towards. So. Oh, that is beautiful. So I'm learning from you, because that's your moon, and you already, like, so <laughs> I'm, I'm trying to learn also. We're all learning. <laughs> all right. I haven't read this since I wrote it, like, six months ago. So we'll see what it says. All right. The queen of death delights in the dance of pressure and currents. A home where water knows it's welcome, where its exuberance is not stifled to save fragile masks or unsteady footing, where the change it carves is welcome. Here, the vessel is held in tender, firm grasp with yielding guard, letting in what fits. The message she sends may startle like rain, but you are ready to take in, to pour out, to forget the borders between you and the ocean, to forgive your ebb and flow like waves, to love the depths you cannot fathom, to which you always belong, a home in your own red pulse, in the steady vessel of your body, held lightly, held safely in the hands of your boundless love and understanding. You are ever seen you are already whole. You are learning, returning. Wow! Snaps! Girl! Holy moly! I love the dissolving your boundaries so you're one with the ocean. Oh, that was beautiful. Thank you for sharing that. Uh, and like the startling rain and knowing you can like pour out and fill up. Uh, that was beautiful. I loved that. Yeah, poetry is like my new favorite thing. Goodness, yeah. It's so much fun. Is knocking. It's just I want to share all my favorite poems somehow because I have so many collective that have saved my soul over and over again that I want to like hand them to people. So yes, can, like, we want them. them. <laughs> Put them out. Instagram or something. Just, there's so many good ones. Oh, yes. And honestly, when I think about why one shares, because you were talking about like, how do you decide the vulnerability, the transformation of letting a thing go out into the world. Mm-hmm. Yes, like, like at the very beginning, my remembering. I don't know, but I totally relate to it. So. <laughs> like that resonates. Okay. 
into the world and you know you never really can entirely call back Mm -hmm. it's visible and every time somebody reads it they read it from their subject position and it's changed because the pieces that they need they gather and it interweaves with their story in a way you could never imagine and so it's it's a transformation and um and one of the ways that I just got over being afraid of poetry not being good enough or being enough like the people I admire or doubting whether I had anything worth saying is I want a world full of poetry. I want a world full of lotus painting. Yes! <laughs> anything that I do in this life to fill this world with more poetry and inspire more lotus paintings like that I feel like okay we're doing something here (laughs) (laughs) done I can like so I don't I stopped worrying about whether the poem was good enough or what it would mean to other people or that I couldn't have it back because I just want want to fill the world with more poems oh I love that I almost have this, like, picture of, like, like, we don't have a lot of fire in our charts, but I think it's so interesting that we're so creative anyway, and, like, it's almost like it's not coming from us, but it's almost like, like, I keep thinking of, like, the Sagittarius archer, like, the person, like, shooting the bow of fire, like, in, like, giving, I don't know, I just feel like it's, like, little, like, arrows, like, Cupid's arrows, but in little, like, lotus paintings and poems and pottery and, I don't know, it's just, like, a nice little, it's just love. It's, like, sending out love in this, um, physical form, mm-hmm. which is really cool. That is so interesting that fire is the place that we rest creativity when to me creativity feels like a conversation between all the elements but they all bring a piece of it kind of like the magician card you know Mm -hmm. he has access Mm -hmm. to all of them so he can create at will um Mm -hmm. because the fire inspires and gives you the like fuel to move forward and if it's not connected to those emotional depths, then it doesn't it doesn't get infused with the meaning. And if it's not infused with like the conversation with ideas, then it's just just fire that has no aim, right? Like yeah. You, you may have that fiery bow, but what are you aiming it at? You need kind of the air's ability to discern the target and then earth you need the material and the mm-hmm. way to give it form and so I I really think creativity is the is the domain of all the elements because in order to create something that is act like interconnected and and conversation with the rest of creation I think it needs to include more than just fire because um, 
because all the reasons stated. I don't have a that sentence. <laughs> so, with you having such a creative family, do you guys mm-hmm. like make gifts for the holidays? Do you guys gift each other things, or is it like it's your it's their job, so they don't really like to do it on their own, or? Yeah, I think we're mostly spontaneous gift givers. Ooh, I like that. Because my mother will just get an idea, and I have like a whole wall of her glass pieces, and my dad hasn't thrown in a while. And, but he has like a collection of vessels and whenever he is saying goodbye or when he, there's a commemorative moment, he'll give a gift. Um, somehow I've managed to mostly bow out of the holidays and I don't know if it's because I'm so um, hermetic most of the year that they, people just don't expect me to magically appear at Christmas with presents, but <laughs> uh, this year I'm actually um, kind of pulling on my Celtic roots and going to celebrate Yule instead, Ooh, cool. because, um, because my brother died on the 21st. Oh, I'm so sorry. Oh, it's okay. I was seven, and this year is really the year that I'm in relationship to to his death and like knew when his birthday was and am consciously choosing to celebrate Yule thinking of him but it's been 22 years mm-hmm. and it's really an interesting synchronicity because he was 22 and it's been 22 years and we buried him on 1222 wow and my birth time is 1222 wow that's weird so, yeah, it's been an interesting year just noticing how he continues to be a beautiful, supportive force in my life. And so this year, we're going to celebrate Yule and make um, many potato-type dishes. Ooh, <laughs> nice. Things. And, yeah, I was going to um, say, how are you going to celebrate? Do you have any, like, rituals or anything? I think mostly... The drawing traditionally, I have like a Celtic folklore cookbook, and they've separated out into holidays, and I've picked things that look really delicious and interesting. Um, And then as to the celebration, I think it's going to look different than other people's, because a lot of time, from what I understand, Yule is mostly a celebration of like light and dark and is not as much about um, people who've passed. That's more Samhain. But my friend's grandma passed in October, and so we're going to get together and create our full-on ritual around that that crux of the year, you know, that longest night as we move more into the lengthening days. That's beautiful. I think it'll be more spontaneous, which is generally how ritual works for me, you know. Ooh, I like that. That's with, like, probably with the air, too, like, the spontaneous idea of it and, like, just following that little breadcrumb. Mm Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Yeah, I don't really know what I need until I'm sitting there and I'm like, oh, I need fire. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) 
So how did you find, have you always woven ritual into your life? conscious way. I really think before my Saturn return hit that I had landed fully into my first revolution was claiming my body and then my second revolution was claiming my um, my emotions and then my third one was claiming my mind and I was pretty like content in that place not really acknowledging spirituality or the invisible world in any way and then my Saturn return hit and I bought my little sister a tarot deck and uh and it decided it wanted to stay with me (laughs) and then I was like okay and that was the door the door that really opened back up the conversation with kind of the creative element and the ritual element and the invisible elements of being human. So ritual feels very, very important now. Like I'm not quite sure how I did without it. And I think I, without having names for it, tried to include it along the way, but not in a conscious way. And one of the things to me is this opening really feels like inviting back in imagination. Mm. You know, like when you were a kid and you sincerely didn't doubt that you were co-constructing reality around you with like, mm-hmm. with your friends or with the inanimate objects around you. And as an adult, it can be so hard to find that imagination and that belief in your capacity to imagine the world into being. Um, and so ritual for me really is that. It's like, okay, how, how do I imagine and then perform this, this offering or this action that helps inform (laughs) inform my future or how I'm relating to the world and so I love the idea of like I think of imagination and I think of a quality of air like it just kind of like comes to you and I think about in your poem when you were talking about water and dissolving the boundaries between you and the ocean. It's almost like dissolving these boundaries that allow your air to take you wherever you're meant to be and not like boxing you in somewhere. It's like letting those boundaries down is exploring your imagination. Ooh, I love that. I love that too. Beautiful way of like connecting the chart and the poem and like the pieces that you've witnessed and putting them together in new ways. It's such a pleasure to like get to experience on the other side. (laughs) I like to like, I like to pick out the synchronicities and like, I, you know, it's just, I don't know, somehow I can like map it together. I like it. Some people think it's weird, I guess, but. (laughs) 
<laughs> right? I know. <laughs> but I'm glad somebody likes it. So, can I ask you some rapid fire questions? Yeah, let's pull up the Gemini moon, see if we can rapidly do things. Okay, so who would you want to have dinner with if you could have dinner with anybody dead or alive? Hmm. Probably my granddad, and then I could ask her where. Came in and what they meant to her. Yeah, I feel like you should do like a ritual about it oh, and like ask and then like do some writing or something yeah. and see what comes through and then tell us all. <laughs> <laughs> there will be an update podcast yeah. spoken to her grandmother about lotuses. Yes, very important. <laughs> um, okay, I was going to ask what synchronicities have been happening lately. But I feel like the Lotus is one, but are there any others that have, like, struck out to you? Yeah, for sure. So, today, even, I've been trying to be consciously aware of my dreams. And for a while, I was getting, like, full dreams and writing them down and reading them. And it wasn't super, like, it wasn't, it was remembering dreams more, but it was super... Uh, meaningful for me but recently I started sleeping with an amethyst a smoky quartz and lavender and I started being able to be consciously aware of the dream I can't control it at all but I can pick out themes from the dream and I've been waking up with just two words Mm. and so I'm in a space in life where my cards keep telling me and everything keeps telling me that it's a pause and I've been trying to reframe stuck places as gathering places and the words I got today were patience and perseverance and I decided to look up the the definition of both of these words and they both have to do with being able to remain steadfast or like enduring a delay like it that is in the definition both their primary definitions is this delay word and so I, that was just wild to me. I was like, everything in my life is telling me to pause. Because yesterday I got hangman, and today I got like the six of swords. And it's like, just trust that the path ahead is is clearing. Um, And then I looked up the word delay. And it's all about like moving at a speed that isn't normal. So then I looked at the word postpone, and that's about intentionally pausing the speed. And mm. So I'm trying to take this time to postpone instead of getting wrapped up in the idea that I'm supposed to be doing this at any other speed than exactly what is. And so that was cool. I like words. So anytime a word strikes me, dictionary. This was not rapid fire, Anna. <laughs> <laughs> no, this is great. It just means I got more questions. <laughs> okay, um, what is your favorite tarot card? Why? <laughs> 
would so surprise. Um, <laughs> Two of pentacles baffles me. <laughs> okay, so before I really sat with my Libra, I always had this word balance in my mind, and it felt like this impossible thing that even once I reached it, I was just on this tipping point that it would be unmade. And Two of Pentacles is about balance within imbalance. And it really feels like the Two of Pentacles has his or her, they, let us, let us not gender tarot, that's unnecessary. Mm-hmm. Yep. Um, but they have their feet planted on the ground and then they have two objects in the air. And I'm a Gemini moon and a Libra rising. And so I'm two parts air and one part earth. And giving myself permission to be the juggler, like to be the part that is responding to the imbalance and dancing with the imbalance. Ooh, dancing. (laughs) It all comes into balance when you're dancing. Yes, like you were saying in the beginning. Yeah, so... So for me, that is my, that is my like core signs in a card and it helped heal my relationship to the idea of balance that like, that Libra balance is really about being the fulcrum that can recognize and balance and respond. It's not about being those pans always being in balance, right? They're meant to, they're meant to shift. They're meant to, they're meant to change and, and the balance is being responsive to imbalance and being able to notice it and relate to it. So you made me feel so much better when I was like, does anybody else, like, change their medium all the time? Because I hate being tied down to one medium and I like just exploring what feels good. And I feel like when we get stuck with, like, no, this is what it needs to be. It's like then you lose that flow, which I was so stuck in. And I, like, had all of this shame about, like, wanting to drop projects and I felt like I had to stick things out. But it was like, why? Like, for what purpose? Like, it's not like I'm going to, like, just, like, you know, throw the pentacles away and sit down. Like, I'm going to do something. It's like, why not, like, juggle what you want to be juggling? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. That's so yeah. cool. Yeah, I, I've never, I don't know, I never really thought of it that way. That's neat. Yeah. I love the Two of Swords. Is it? I love her. Or they. Or him. <laughs> Whomever. <laughs> They're great. <laughs> yes. But I just so relate to that card, and it's traditionally the, you know, the two swords and the blindfold, and really, like, learning to come within Mm -hmm. and not getting swept up by other people's expectations, which I think kind of ties in with that, like, juggling also the other two, Um, and really, like, honoring what wants to come through you and not what you think needs to come through you. Uh, Yeah. Well, and I, just in the Smiths right away, like, what's in back of the Two of Swords is an ocean. 
Yes. Right. It's in the back there, and it's the like closing their eyes always seemed to me like that's how you hear. Like that's mm-hmm. that's how she can notice the ocean is always present. And the interesting thing I think I remember from your chart is that you have the sun and Neptune pretty much conjunct, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. And so that like expression of Capricorn mixed with Neptune, which is this like dreamy, creative, muse like subconscious planet is like your inner and your outer, like that conscious subconscious relationship that creates art. That makes so much sense to me that that's your card too. And I, and I feel like when I was listening, when I wasn't listening to the thing that was coming from inside, it's like the creations weren't manifesting. It was like I would effort so hard to do these things where it was all external voices about what people thought I should be doing. But once I like was like, no, I'm going to listen to myself here. And then everything is just flowing so much easier. Mm-hmm. Which is That's really beautiful. The boundaries between you and the ocean. Oh, yes, you're right. <laughs> Maybe I, you need less boundaries. I need more boundaries. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Yeah, boundaries are hard. Boundaries are hard. But yeah. I was actually thinking that you're dissolving of them because the Capricorns... Oh, do you to- think so? I, was, I thought you were saying I need to build more boundaries up. <laughs> Totally. Oh my god, also, by the way, I'm like so 
envious that you have a ceramics wheel at your house. Holy moly, that's like my dream. Yeah, it's really sweet because that's what my dad, when my grandma died, he got the inheritance, some inheritance, and he bought me my wheel. Oh, I love that. Wow, that's beautiful. Yeah, and I make pots with splashes. It likes just inky splashes. Ooh, that's cool. Yeah, I'll have to show you someday. Yes, I would love to see. Okay, so what is your favorite thing about your chart? Mm. I think... The funny thing for me is that I love how complicated my chart is Mm. because I've always felt so much defiance around categorization and then to discover my chart has all of that contention built in was the most validating feeling because it didn't try to put me in a box and was like, you are a Capricorn. It was like, oh, you're a Capricorn whose moon is opposite, like on the opposite side of the chart. And... And it's pretty much opposite because I'm a Libra rising. So pretty much everything is in the house of its opposite. And mm. that that point of like confluence that has come to be the place that I find and identify as home is written into the chart. Otherwise, I would not have gotten into astrology because it would have just been another system that was trying to tell me I was one thing when I'm... Many things. things. Yeah in communication, in conversation with each other. But I think the most validating thing for me was discovering that I have Pluto in the first house in Scorpio. And to me, so your first house is like your personality house. It's I am house. And anytime I would say the phrase I am I would always feel like I'm lying and not because the thing I wasn't saying was true, but because it was changing as I was saying it or that it hadn't been true always. And I knew it wasn't going to continue to be true because I feel like my identity is transformation. And to me, my willingness to allow fixed identity, like identity to form and then identity to like shed away over and over again is is my willingness to be in relationship to like the life death cycle. And Pluto in Scorpio in the first house was like, oh yeah, I get to stop saying I am, and I get to say for now. Ooh yes. <laughs> as I'm changing as we speak. Um, so I think that that was the thing that really called me home to myself because I just get to identify with the process instead of keep trying to label a product that would make it a lot more comfortable for people to have conversations with me sometimes, but always felt disingenuous to me. It keeps it interesting. It does. I love people who are always changing. Well... Girl, you are in that flow. 
What's your favorite part of your chart? I'm turning mm. My favorite part, I think, is my grand trine. So I have that grand trine, the grand water trine, and I think I get, like, a lot of intuition from it. And I think that's where, like, all of this creativity is just being, like, channeled through there. Like, I feel like none of it is really coming from me. Mm. You know? I know people say, like... And I feel like, and it's interesting because I do say, like, I love that I'm creative, but, like, I love that I'm able to channel the creativity. Because I really believe it's, like, being channeled. It's not, like, when I start thinking about what I want to draw, nothing good ever comes. But when I just just start, like, drawing lotuses, because... <laughs> Because, you know, that just feels good. And, like, what else? Of course I would draw a lotus. Like, there's no, it's what wants to be born. It's, like, already there, and I'm tapping into it. It's, like, also when I hear a poem, it's, like, it comes, it's just, it hits you. Like, I'll be in the shower, and I just hear it start, it'll just start coming in. And it's like, shit, I gotta write this down, because I'm not gonna remember, and it's not gonna come back. Mm-hmm. I feel like it's like a one-shot. <laughs> if I don't get it, it'll move on to somebody else. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that, like, idea thing of, like, okay, yeah. I have to honor that it tried to talk to me. And then it's like the allowing thing, like, allowing it to move through you. And, like, being open enough in your emotions, too, because I think when I was younger and a teenager, I was so overwhelmed by my emotions with the Scorpio rising and the Pisces moon. Like, I just didn't know how to channel it. Like, I didn't have, I wasn't wise enough to, like, be like, yeah, let's do something constructive and, like, let's, like, do crafts. But <laughs> it just like cancel time. Yeah, like I just got overwhelmed by it, and I think then you're just drowning in it rather than like let you know like floating. I guess would be the difference. Yeah, like that that's surrender true. with it too. Yeah, the surrender of floating, like. You surrender yourself to this bigger power that wants to use you Mm -hmm. for this greater good, too. It's not, but it's like using you, but it's the idea you said of it's you're emptying your cup, but it's being filled back up. Mm -hmm. Like it's happening all at once. Like this beautiful, it's like the idea of the spiral happening with creativity, too, Mm -hmm. which is cool. Yeah. And one thing I would just reflect back about your trying to is I think it makes you really sensitive and able to name the intuition in other people. Mm-hmm. Like yeah. Every, anytime something's felt intuitive to me, you're like, that was intuition. And I'm like, how did you know? Like, <laughs> <laughs> like, sniff out what is intuitive and like validate that for people and really mirror and see it. Ooh, I like that. Probably because you smell, like, you live in the ocean now, so now when you can... Yeah. <laughs> the ocean on people, you're like, oh, 
Hello, fellow mermaid. Yes, totally. I love that. Oh, you're one of me. You're one of us. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I love that. That's beautiful. Mm. Yeah. So, do you have anything else that you want to cover? Just let people know where they can find you. Mm-hmm. Yeah, we can do that. Hold on. I will kick myself if I don't find the thing, if the thing is there. So I'm gonna yeah, take, we can take a moment. Take a moment. Um, I'll talk about this pie that I'm making. I'm making a pie, or I just made it this afternoon, which was fun. Another creative endeavor. Yeah, I, I became a baker for a year, and that was... Oh, I love that. That's all you need is a good year to, like, learn how to do a couple things, mm-hmm. and then you got, like, those tricks forever. <laughs> yeah, no, definitely that repetition teaches you, like, nothing else. Next thing I want to learn is to be a barista. Ooh, be that'd be fun. Um... I mean, I have a curiosity, because I think it's been, has been about a week, maybe a little less, since I read your chart, and we talked about, like, lotuses came out of it. How else did it come up for you? Because I'm always intrigued, because I put these pieces together, and then I expect that you'll make the meaning out of it, and my curiosity I thought it was really interesting that we had Venus in Taurus. Mm-hmm. And we got married in May. So our wedding date is Taurus. And that idea of like creating beauty in like a very real way. And it just felt like family and the idea of like having kids and like is a very Taurus thing and our marriage is a very Taurus thing. It just felt like so grounded in creation. Was very beautiful. Oh, yeah. And I loved that. And then how we found out that our north and south nodes are opposite. So I have an Aquarius north node and a Leo south node and then opposite for him. And I was thinking he... He is a Gemini and a Capricorn moon and Capricorn rising. And he has, from I think the Gemini and just also being so grounded, he has like just a great way of connecting with people so easily and like um, just really being able to strike up a conversation with anybody and being super charming and it's that Gemini that's like, like he could talk to anybody, like neighbors, he's talking all over the place. Whereas I'm like more shy and I'm like, okay, I guess like, like I'll just be his little like sidekick going into conversations, but he really leads the way. And I think he's really teaching me how to step into that. 
And then I'm teaching him how to create, which is really cool. So, because I guess that you were saying it's like your roots, right? It comes more easily when it's your, um, the south node, right? Yeah, yeah, like it's a familiar place. Mm-hmm. So I think that's really neat. Like this, yeah, this exchange of like creating and giving to the collective. Um, what? You're making a podcast. Yeah, I, yeah, exactly. And I know. I'm totally learning from him, like how to be more articulate. So. He always jokes, like, I can never tell a story. Like, I'm the worst storyteller. And he is, like, this... He's so funny. He's got that, like, great Jewish sense of humor, too, with, like, the great timing. And, like, he perfectly embellishes stories. And I'll get, like, on a tangent and I'll, like, jump off, like, this cliff over here and start talking about that. And I'll have, like, 20 pauses. And I just, like, learned so much from him, just, like, telling a story and being able to, like, communicate my point. He'll be like, come back. <laughs> Where did you go with the story? But I don't know. It's, like, a cool little ebb and flow. Oh, beautiful. I loved it. I loved your reading. Everyone should check her out. You've given me so many, so many little insights into my own chart, too, about, like, I remember you saying something with, like, part of my trine was in cancer, and then the idea when I was doing um, the drawings for the tarot deck with my family, like, how that was tied in, and I had never even thought of that. Right, I think for you, Jupiter is in cancer, in eighth house right because yeah we're just so easily delving into this space and really kind of bringing to light the family and that was really cool to watch are you still working on that i have not that has stopped for the moment that was so intense and it was in Scorpio season, too. Oh, yeah. And I was doing this whole, like, like, I got a bunch of um, old photographs, and I laid them out of my family, and then I would pick the card I was working on, and then I would take a pendulum <laughs> over... <laughs> each photograph and like ask like are you justice are you justice are you justice and like it was telling me and like if I decided to like get involved and be like no this is who I think should be justice it would be like the shittiest picture and like not it just wouldn't flow and then I would try again and I would like, okay, now I'm ready to listen. <laughs> and it would come back out. And I was just finding so much about my family. And really, you know, it makes you think about your relationships with these members, too. And how, 
how patterns are coming through and how patterns are being carried on and it was a lot deeper than I thought it would be. Like, I was like, oh, this sounds like a fun idea. Like, oh, oh, I'll draw my family. Like, I have these pictures. Sounds, it's, you know, I got the idea. It sounded neat. And I think it really, I think it was a place for me to look at my relationships. Mm. Rather than, I don't think it was about the art. So, which I, I always find interesting. Mm-hmm. Like, oh, this is about my emotions. This is about my relationships with my family that I'm working out. Mm-hmm. Which was really intense. So, I had to put that to the side. <laughs> we'll do that in small doses. Yeah, I think small. I do still want to work on it. Um, but I also feel like I need a partner with it, maybe. Or maybe a collaborator. So shout out. If anybody <laughs> wants to help. <laughs> well, as long as you're manifesting a collaborator, what role would you like them to play in collaboration? I don't know. I'm not good at, um... I don't know if I'm good at, like, delegating. I'm... I don't know if I'm good at delegating tasks. I'm, I'm good at following directions like I can climb the mountain like I have the feeling I can push through but if I have guidance Mm -hmm. then it's like it's I get there a lot quicker Mm -hmm. I think Mm -hmm. yeah so I don't know I'm open (laughs) (laughs) and I'm also open to it being done because it was really like intense and awkward I'm like, if this has to end, it's okay. I can just make candles. (laughs) But. (laughs) I don't know. We'll see. I kind of feel like I might end up picking it back up, especially since there's going to be a lot of Cancer and Capricorn eclipses and things going on this year. So I think that might flavor the energy. So I kind of think of like what is out there. You kind of got me thinking of like creative ideas because I've always thought like creative ideas come to you and it's not really in your control and it's not your idea. But I never thought of it being like an energy that's astrologically flavored. Which is really neat. Yeah. I think when I realized that about myself, I just loved more of the things I was making. Because all of my five planets in Capricorn are in the third house. <laughs> and so, words. Like, if I include words and symbol in art, then I'm aligned with that energy so much more. Like, I've been turning words into glyphs, and the next project I want to do is to paint them or carve them into, like, oracle stones, 
and write for myself a book of like the lessons I have learned and forgotten, you know, cause mm-hmm. I, I feel like I keep figuring things out and then moving away from them and having to rediscover them. Mm-hmm. And so if it's a word like soften is like consistently as that theme comes up, write about softening. And so if I pull that Oracle stone for myself, then I have my, like, a breadcrumb trail for myself to, to get back. But just turning words into art. Ooh, I love that. And I've been thinking about, like, the Ace of Swords being a card of intention setting. Mm-hmm. 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 And, like, this pure intention Whereas it's something when we get caught up in the rest of the swords, we're able to just drop them and come back to that single intention. Which is really cool, right? Yeah. It's like the more we pick up, the harder it is. And then when we can like just shed it, what we don't need and come back to this like beginning truth. I'm starting to, like, really value beginnings. Mm. Like, savoring beginnings. And, like, that idea of, like, you know, a purposeful pause. And really... Oh, you're in a beginning, too, of your astrology! Ah! Yes, the sacred pause of, like, savoring... There's nowhere to rush off to. Yeah, that, like, intentional postponing rather than feeling like it's a delay. Yes. Like, all... That that double-edged sword of intention. Like, which way do you want to look at it, too? And it's like that totally flavors it. Yeah. Yeah, I think that's been beautiful for all of the suits. If you reach a point along the journey of the suits and you feel lost, is, okay, where was the... Where was the seed? Where was the spark? Where was that first breeze? Where was, where was that first drop of rain? That first brush of vitality? And I don't really think about that sometimes. I think about where I'm at and and the snarl I'm in, and that idea of just being able to pause and drop that, try to solve it, and go back to, back to the source. Well, I definitely think with, like, Capricorn, where it's always, like, we're trying to not necessarily achieve something, but climb. Yeah. Yeah. So it's, like, this groundedness that's in motion, Mm. but then the ability to, like, pause and direct the root maybe Mm -hmm. which is a cool idea so good so many good ideas (laughs) I know you tried to like wrap this up a while ago oh that's okay (laughs) we'll just keep talking that's okay you can come back on anytime you want oh yeah yes Um, yeah tell everyone where they can find you at mini.myth.astrology. 
on Instagram. And that's about where I'm at right now. I am not... I'm not necessarily, like, setting up astrology as business at this point, but I really love to connect with people, and if there's something in the way that I talk about astrology that, like, metaphors make you really happy and creating visuals and images of things and it just really seems like it would be a good fit, then I'd be happy to work with people. And if you just want to talk about astrology, I always I have so much in my brain that needs somewhere to go. Yeah, a Gemini. <laughs> yeah. So right now, mostly the account is my opportunity to write poems about planets and signs and be in the season. Beautiful. Thank you you so much for taking the time for this. Yeah. Thank you for honoring that Aquarius North Node. Yeah. (laughs) It's funny because my Mercury's in Aquarius, so... Uh Mm. You're like, who do I need to talk on this Aquarius? Oh, this is perfect. (laughs) I love that. (laughs) Thank you so much. I hope you enjoyed this episode of Blind Love Radio. If you did, consider subscribing, rating, and reviewing. I hope you have an amazing start to 2019. Sending you all my love. Bye.